You may recall back when we started looking at the Ten Commandments, we talked about five purposes of the law. And the first three were they reveal God's character to us. They define sin for us. And the third was they demand perfection from us. So as we look at verse 7 together this morning, this, this, this commandment does this very same thing. Thou shalt, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. What does this reveal to us about the character of God, about sin, sin in our own lives? And what is the perfection that is demanded here? Well, what are the ways human beings can take the Lord's name in vain? There's a myriad of ways. I mean, we would spend all day, all week, all month thinking of the myriad of ways that we take the Lord's name in vain. But most abuses of this commandment tend to fall in one of two categories, profanity and hypocrisy. Profanity, profaning the name of God, taking that which is holy and making it common, and hypocrisy, meaning we don't live in light of the gravity of the name of God. So those are the two we want to consider for just a few moments together, profanity and hypocrisy. For you and I this morning, profanity involves so much more than just swearing. Now we could spend our time talking about swearing. Uh, and no doubt, there are pockets of that hidden in our hearts. And in moments of tension and anxiety or slamming the thumb on a table, you find out the depravity of your own heart when those words that take the Lord's name in vain come out. When they do, don't, don't just glance over those. They reveal something. They reveal what's in your heart. There's a reason those come out so cavalierly in those moments. And they come out of my mouth too. It's exposing in that moment. I'm not upholding God as rightly as I'd like to think I am. But profanity involves so much more than swearing. It's treating God's name, which is holy, as ordinary. To use his name flippantly. It's a common reality we all do. How often have you referred to God, or do we hear it commonly? God is the man upstairs, the big man, etc., etc. Right? We all use these things. That's one way we treat God flippantly. Another way is to speak God's name in a manner that's just insincere. Oh, it's easy to talk about God and to make it look good. And simultaneously, a heart that's completely detached, right? Don't we all know what that is? We can be very eloquent using words about God's glory, God's majesty, God's beauty, God's holiness. And yet my heart has no awareness of those things. It's simply, it may be self-serving. Maybe pharisaical, but in that moment, and this is, takes maturity, we don't rejoice and delight in I'm saying the right things if I know my heart isn't clinging to them themselves. Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote this that he would or he could face his enemies without fear, but could never ascend into the pulpit without his knees shaking. Why? He goes on to describe because. In the message he's preaching, he's declaring the name of God, the glory of God, the beauty of God. And I would much rather, Luther says, stand face to face with my enemy who can slay me than to speak God's name insincerely with a heart that's detached. 
Luther understood speaking about God is serious business. And that's what God is telling us here. This is God's standard. What does this reveal to us about God? He takes himself seriously. He is utmost in his own affections. And even here this morning, we must recognize that we can be guilty of breaking this commandment. Take a look at your song sheet. Songs we're going to be singing this morning. Just glance down with the song we just sang. He built the earth. He spread the sky. He fixed the starry lights on high. Wonders of grace to God belong. Repeat His mercies in your song. He sent His Son with power to save from guilt and darkness in the grave. Wonders of grace to God belong. We're going to be, there's a couple songs on here that we've done before, but very scarcely. And for some of you, maybe the first time you've heard them. I greet thee who my sure Redeemer art. My only trust and Savior of my heart who pain didst undergo for my poor sake. I pray thee from our hearts all cares to take. We're going to close this morning with stricken, smitten, and afflicted. The point is here, we can mouth these words. And we talk about this frequently here because I think it's a reality. We can mouth these words, magnificent words that extol the attributes of God. And yet our minds be elsewhere. Our hearts be detached from it. That's this third commandment. That's to profane the name of God. Hypocrisy is to take this name of God and to live indifferently to it. One of the things we see all throughout the Old Testament, everything God does is for one reason. For His name's sake. We see that over and over again. It would be a wonderful exercise as you're reading through the Old Testament. Take out a highlighter and mark every time you see God saying, this I will do, this I will do. And somewhere in the midst of it, I promise you, he's going to declare. And don't, don't confuse why I'm doing it. For my name's sake. Because my name is holy. My name is glorious. My name is majestic. Everything God does is for his glory. Even when he punishes a people, it's for his glory. When he blesses a people, it's for his name's sake. Everything God does. And the same should be for us. Everything we do should be for His name's sake. If it's not that, it's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy to gather here this morning and extol the name of God and yet live indifferently to it. And so this morning as we come together, the commandment here exposes something in us we may not have really taken account of in our own lives. But as we closely inspect Scripture, and then closely inspect our own hearts. Usually what happens to me is our self-evaluation yields far worse results than we initially thought. Profanity is a real thing. Not just swearing, but a heart that's detached from what my lips say about God. Hypocrisy. Declaring the greatness of God for His name's sake and then living for my name's sake. For my good. It's hypocrisy. Well, the other two uses of the law were not only to declare God to expose sin and the, the perfect demand of the law, but the fourth one was to point us to grace. So how do we live in light of the third commandment? It is not, well, I'm going to do better today. I'm really going to concentrate. I'm really going to focus. I'm really going to attach my heart to God. That's not the answer. We can't do that. There's only one who has ever done that. Who can tell me who that one is? It's Jesus. 
Jesus is the one who never, ever broke this. Every time he uttered the name of the Father, it was for his name's sake. He lived consistently, faithfully unto the name of God. And this morning, the whole Christian faith is this. We link our lives to him. At the cross, God took our sin and put it on Christ, took our breaking of the third commandment and put it on Christ, and gave to us Christ's obedience of the third commandment, obedience to the third commandment. And so this morning, our hope is not in, I'm, I'm really going to try, I'm going to do better today. Our hope is what Paul abiding in Christ. We turn our hearts to Jesus. Christ, you're the only one. Here's what the law says, here's what I've done. Even this morning, I'm here, I'm here, but my heart is detached. My hope is Christ. My desire is Christ. He's the one who's kept this perfectly. My only hope in pleasing the Lord is pleasing Him in Christ. And thank you that Christ has done this for me, which leads to the fifth use of the law. We don't just stay there and say, now Christ has done it for me. It's okay for me to continue detached, to live profane, to live hypocritically. The fifth use of the law is it does give us wisdom for the Christian life. It does teach us how to live. Now, out of the overflow of looking unto Jesus, His righteousness, His obedience, His keeping God's name holy. What is it that Paul says? And with unfailed face, uh, looking unto the Lord, we become like Him, transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. As we see His obedience, and as we're thankful for His obedience, and as we are loving the fact that Christ is our all, a change by God's grace should be working in us. Not by our own pull up our bootstraps, but a work of the Holy Spirit and grace. Looking unto Jesus, becoming like Him, we should be finding my worship is becoming like His. I should be finding in my, as I gather each Lord's Day, not each Lord's Day, I'm fighting the same battle every week, 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 same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. There should be. I'm becoming more like Jesus. And beloved, this is going to be painful because I feel it too. If there's not that becoming more like Jesus, Romans 8, you ain't got nothing to cling to. Those who've been saved have been saved to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. This morning, that's our hope. Our hope is in Christ.